This week on Geek Explained, it's all come down to this. This week's episode shares a release week with Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which means we have one more character profile to dive into. Bet you can't guess who it is. Mate. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and today's episode is the finale of our January series of specials, diving into the comic book origins of some of the most popular characters, jumping from the comic book page into other media. Our first installment this month was Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, to celebrate the release of her new series on Disney+. And since then... We have been making it our mission to trace the steps of each member of the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League through their history in comics. And we are missing one. We had Floyd Lawton, a.k.a. Deadshot, Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, and even Nanawe, a.k.a. King Shark. But there's one we've been waiting for. One that I have been waiting for. This week, I am going to finally get to dedicate an entire episode to Captain Boomerang! I fucking love Captain Boomerang! He is the worst, he is terrible, and he's all mine. He is my favorite dumb character. I have loved this character for a very long time. I have made no bones about it. I have made it very clear across the Almost six years I've been doing this show that I love me some Captain Boomerang. And I knew that I was going to be picking up Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League the moment they dropped the roster list and Captain Boomerang found himself upon it. This is the game where I get to play as Captain Boomerang, so it is one of the most anticipated games of the year for me, and I cannot wait to play it this Friday as of uh, this episode dropping, or maybe sooner if I sprung for the delay. Deluxe edition i haven't decided yet as of this recording anyway um i am so excited to talk about captain boomerang i have been waving the flag for him for a very long time and i've never been able to just talk about him like i obviously did a pitch and i'm going to talk about it later on in the episode as well uh where i pitched a captain boomerang movie go check it out it's in the archives i love it but I also had to do, you know, a weekly review and comic countdown, but this here is the episode that is completely dedicated to my favorite boomerang slangin' loser. <laughs> he is the worst. He is my little ray of sunshine. I am so excited to 
dive into the comic, the sordid comic book history of Digger Harkness. I'm also really excited to talk about, you know, how, you know, he has woven his way through the DC universe. You know, I discovered him thanks to a little known cartoon. You may have heard of it. Justice League Unlimited, where I first saw him. He he popped up in a couple episodes, but I first laid eyes on him during the episode Flash and Substance, where he and the other rogues pool their resources together to try and take out Flash on the day of the unveiling of the Flash Museum. I immediately fell in love with this silly Aussie character, and though he would end up, of course, appearing as part of the Suicide Squad, and in other places, uh, Digger Harkness was, you know, was it for me. There were other rogues, possibly cooler, probably cooler rogues, but Digger Harkness, Captain Boomerang, has always captured my imagination ever since I was a wee lad. So uh, I have been waiting. There is a specific reason that I waited until now. I wanted to make this the big finale for the January series of specials, and I, I've been hotly anticipating this episode, and I'm sure if you are familiar with me, if you've been listening to the podcast you know how excited i am to talk about this uh last week was the shortest of our episodes featuring the comic book history of king shark and this my dear listener might end up being the longest one not because he has a deep rich extensive backstory but because i want to get into how fucking bonkers his life is from the moment he graces the comic book page all the way up until the modern day um his his little odyssey in dc comics has been nonsense and i've loved every single step of the way um and i hope that you've been enjoying these specials you know when i first started the podcast you know with the idea to geek explain things i wanted to you know dedicate a lot of it to character profiles and so being able to dedicate an entire month to just doing that has been kind of refreshing for me and it's been really fun so i hope you've been enjoying them um obviously you know they're you know i'm trying to be timely with them with echo and the other characters you know that i've spotlighted this month and i am just glad that it kind of all coalesced to me being able to talk about one of my favorite characters in all of comics so let's just do it let's get right to it let's hit upon the sordid history of uh, George Digger Harkness in the finale of our January Geeksplain specials as I Geeksplain Captain Boomerang. When I think of the Justice League, I think of Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Lantern. You don't want to mess with that lot, but you... Barry, you're just the team mascot, aren't you, mate? The loser of the league, folks. The fastest man alive. It's the Flutter. That's life. That's 
myself up in a big ball and It's been said many times in many ways. I fucking love Captain Boomerang! I am so excited to finally talk about the comic book history of one of my favorite comic book characters. Uh, Captain Boomerang has been a big part of my life, whether you like it or not. Uh, from a young age, I've just been enchanted by the idea of this man who is fighting amongst gods and monsters with just a little thing that he throws. You know, th there is something to be said about, you know, Batman and Green Arrow, these regular men fighting amongst gods. But they've got trick arrows, they've got batarangs, they've got a full utility belt of gadgets. Boomerang's just got boomerang. I mean, obviously, he's got some trick boomerangs, but they're all just boomerangs. And he has managed to last the test of time from his inception way back in 1960 all the way up to today. And now he finds himself as a playable character for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. It's a good time to be a Captain Boomerang fan, let me tell you. Uh, Boomer has been... You know, a mainstay when it comes to the Suicide Squad and the Rogues for a long time. And he has been through the ringer. Uh, he's died. He's come back. Uh, he's died multiple times, in fact. And he just keeps coming back. Because as we know... So let's go ahead and dive into the history of... Captain Boomerang, and we're going to be focusing just on George Digger Harkness. His son Owen is, you know, he's he's the lead, he's he's the, what is it, the the mini me, the the least valuable player when it comes to the Captain Boomerang legacy. You can argue with me all you want. Owen Mercer is a scrub, and he always will be, but. Let's jump into the bullet points. Captain Boomerang, a.k.a. George Digger Harkness, a.k.a. the Mirror Master, more on that in a second, a.k.a. George Grain, a.k.a. the Batman, yeah, he called himself Batman for a little bit, it's funny, uh, made his first appearance in The Flash, issue 117 in December of 1960, making him the oldest character in this whole collective of comic book characters we've been covering this month. He was created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. His team affiliations include the Suicide Squad, duh, the Rogues, the Secret Society of Supervillains, the Black Lantern Corps, and the White Lantern Corps. More on that later. It's incredible. Uh, his powers and abilities include a genius level of mechanical engineering, boomerang mastery. He has... <laughs> <laughs> this makes me laugh every time that I looked it up. He is an average hand-to-hand -hand combatant. This is how he's officially listed. He's an average hand-to-hand -hand combatant. He sucks. 
He sucks so bad. It's incredible. But he is an expert thief. And when it comes to his equipment, do I have to say? Of course I do. It's boomerangs. Boomerangs of all shapes and sizes, different gimmicks, and also just simple boomerangs. But with all of the bullet points out of the way, I have been waiting nearly six years to say this. Let's explain the comic book history of Captain Boomerang. George Digger Harkness was the illegitimate son of an American soldier and an Australian woman named Betty Harkness. Uh, this soldier was stationed during an unnamed war uh, in Australia and had an affair with the young Betty Harkness while she was married to her husband, Ian. Uh Unbeknownst to George, thinking that Ian was his father, he grew up in poverty in the town of Kurumbura, and his father, Ian Harkness, was the worst. He was abusive, he was verbally and physically just a monster to his wife and children, and he just, he sucked. He sucked. Thankfully, George had an outlet, because he crafted his first boomerang while in school at a young age, after having received a toy boomerang from a W.W. Wiggins toy factory in America. Not knowing why it was there or why he received it, he became enamored with the tool and began using it for a young career of mischief. Now, Young Georgie Harkness was a little, uh, he was a little menace, menacing the town of Kurumbura, and eventually growing that into a full-on life of crime. Uh, he would, it would lead up to him robbing a general store at 18 years old alongside his best friend Mick Wentworth, and him getting caught would lead to getting kicked out of his home because, of course, the town is small. Everybody knows it. You know, everybody knows it was him because everybody knows everybody. Uh, his mother, in the aftermath of this, would present him a plane ticket to America, specifically Central City, to follow the trail of breadcrumbs left by this W.W. Wiggins toy company. And as Digger arrived in the States, he found this W.W. Wiggins game company headed up by the eponymous man himself, W.W. Wiggins, who at that moment, it just so happened, was looking for a toy spokesman to be the face of this new line of boomerang toys. Wiggins was like, these toys are going to take the world by storm. Boomerangs on every shelf. Boomerangs in the hand of every child. And, of course, Digger had to get in on it. So he auditioned for the role as George Green to keep his identity secret, knowing that someone in this company, most likely Wiggins himself, knew the name George Harkness. He auditioned as a, as a normal Australian man uh, named George Green. He auditioned for the job, and he booked it. And thus he was given a bright and colorful costume, and dubbed Captain Boomerang. That's right, the Captain Boomerang persona was essentially a Chuck E. Cheese role given to him, being a spokesman for a line of Boomerang toys. However, 
people didn't love Boomerangs, man. Uh, Boomerang was shunned by audiences who ridiculed him at every, you know, demonstration. And because of this, and because Georgie has very thin skin due to his upbringing, he turned to a life of crime, utilizing the identity of Captain Boomerang to pull some shenanigans. He began a string of jewelry, jewelry thefts, and he, during this run, has his first run-in with the Flash. And this story is incredible. I love this because Georgie Digger is a performer. He is a theater actor. He's a thespian. And so when the Flash comes to apprehend him, he goes, Well, it wasn't me. It's some other guy using my... I'm, I'm not going to do the accent. Using my uniform. It couldn't possibly be me. I'm just a humble toy spokesman. I am trying to provide for my parents who are sickly. <laughs> I love this story. And he brings him to his apartment with these two elderly people. He's like, these are my parents. And if you arrest me, I'm going to lose the only income I have to take care of them and support them. Someone is posing as Captain Boomerang. You need to find out who this imposter is. And so the Flash immediately believes him because Barry Allen is a goober. And he's like, all right, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And he runs off and we find out that these, you know, so-called parents are, of course, paid actors. (laughs) Who Digger pays to pretend to be his parents to have his alibi. It's... (laughs) And so eventually um, the Flash does suss him out because Digger is terrible at everything. And the two clash immediately. The Flash has the upper hand. However, because of being just a tricky little guy, Digger is able to knock out the Flash. And when the Flash wakes up, he is strapped to a rocket boomerang that launches him into the sky. This was referenced in the JLU uh, Flash and Substance episode that I referenced earlier. Uh, Flash is, of course, able to free himself, knocks out Digger, and sends him off to prison. Now, he would clash with the Flash multiple times, uh, including this one where I I have to talk about this. I have to talk about this. Um, during one of their fights, the Flash does his little, like, his little running around thing to you know, make a little mini tornado and it pops boomerang up in the sky. He's like, Oh no, blimey. He gets, you know, risen up into this, into the sky on this hurricane. And he thinks to, (laughs) he thinks to himself, wait a second. This tornado is secular, cyclical. It's cyclical. It's circular at a certain point. Where the Flash is running, I will align with him. <laughs> so he, he, he contorts his body into the shape of a boomerang and uses the centrifugal force of not just the wind that the Flash has kicked up, but the shape that he has put his body into to boomerang himself 
into colliding with the Flash. It is incredible. He is a genius tactician. Um, eventually, these solo ventures would prove uh, less than fruitful, so he ended up joining with the other villains in Central City to form the Rogues. Now, these colorful characters would battle against the Flash numerous times, though they never truly gained the upper hand against him for long. And uh, Boomerang would continue to uh, have his plans foiled and continue to be thrown in prison. One of these times that he happened to be in prison, he was visited by one Amanda Waller and given an offer. You can have a pardon and you will be released from prison. All you have to do is participate in a little mission for a little task force. And of course, Digger's like, I get my freedom and I got to do one lousy mission. I'm in. What is this called? And she says, Task Force X. You're going on the Suicide Squad, buddy boy. And so Boomerang joined Deadshot, Rick Flag, Blockbuster, Bronze Tiger, and Enchantress on the maiden voyage of the Suicide Squad. This squad was sent to attack Brimstone, one of the many Sons of Darkseid that was wreaking havoc, and they managed to actually defeat him, with Deadshot getting the uh, final killing blow on the beast. However, during this mission, Blockbuster was unfortunately killed by Brimstone, but that doesn't have anything to do with old Boomer. He made it through the mission just fine. And because of their successful mission, Rick Flagg convinced Amanda Waller to keep up her end of the bargain and release them back into the public. Where Digger would immediately go on a crime spree in New York. I, he, he can't help himself. He's like, I'm a free man. I have the chance to turn my life around. I got a pardon and a second chance. Time for some crime. He is, of course, apprehended almost immediately and captured by one G. Gordon Godfrey, who, during this whole Legends uh, story, uh, is one of the avatars of Darkseid, one of the people who's serving his means. Uh, and because of the defeat of Brimstone, G. Gordon Godfrey says, I am going to execute this criminal on live TV. They were selling tickets. They were like, screw the decision. It's all about the execution of Captain Boomerang. And so Boomer has a choice. He can either go quietly into that good night or he can do what he does and come up with a creative solution to any problem. And his solution for this particular moment was to say, hey, can I get a phone call? He goes and he calls Waller and he says, hey, you need to come rescue me. Waller says, no. And he says, okay, I am going to expose the existence of Task Force X if you do not recognize, if you do not rescue me, I'm going to be on live TV. This task force is sanctioned by the government. And if people knew that the government was sanctioning supervillains, you would have a real tough time. So it's your choice. And so, of course, Waller sends Deadshot to execute Boomer instead. <laughs> uh, the, the squad follows behind very closely and Rick Flagg ends up intercepting Deadshot and keeping him from killing Boomer. Uh, they're able to free him. But he gets his ass kicked and he's brought back into the Suicide Squad for that first initial Suicide Squad run. Uh, Boomer would continue working with the squad on several missions. He was consistently dunked on uh, several times by several people. Um, 
This included a big ol' uh, mission, a big ol' operation into Karak, where, I shit you not, uh, the Suicide Squad battled uh, the Jihad. It's, you know, you know, 80s military comics. It's It just is what it is. And it's during this mission where he lets a teammate die who had embarrassed him in front of the rest of the team earlier because he's a petty bitch he just is um during this run as well he hides like a child when Belrev is attacked by the female furies seeking vengeance for their uh their attack on dark side's forces he's also sent to infiltrate the aryan empire which is the funniest story on paper they said little crikey Captain Boomerang to infiltrate this Aryan Empire that is preaching, you know, blood purity and all this bullshit. And so they send him in there as a double agent, and they're able to take down this organization from within. Uh, He joins with the squad to arrest Firestorm when they are directed by the president to do so. However, he is, of course, dispatched by uh, the several heroes that are in the area. And later on, after doing several missions with the squad and, you know, building up some rapport, building up some goodwill, he is given an apartment outside of Bell Rev in New Orleans where he doesn't have to stay inside a cell anymore. He's given some leeway. He's allowed Allowed to leave and come and go as he pleases as long as he shows up for all of his missions and so he's living the life you know they the squad fights against the people's heroes in russia where he ends up saving deadshot's life deadshot was dead to rights from one of the heroes of russia but boomerang saves him literally saves his life and says you know what I'm just doing it for the team. But this guy, he's he's learning. He's learning the value of a team. Or is he? Because he leaves on a little uh, sabbatical from the squad and goes to Gotham with the Mirror Master. Sam Scudder is a right little uh, bastard. And during this little operation, this little crime that they are trying to perpetrate in Batman's backyard, uh, Mirror Master dies. Straight up, Sam Scudder dies, he kicks the bucket, and (laughs) Digger decides, you know what, I'm not supposed to be doing, like, serious crimes, because I'm part of the Suicide Squad, and anything that brings too much attention to me and to the squad is going to um, cause problems. But you know who can do crimes? The Mirror Master! So he steals the uniform off of the dead body of Sam Scudder, steals his tech, and begins using the Mirror Master moniker to commit side crimes. (laughs) Man has such a criminal itch. He needs to be doing crimes. So he is double dipping with both the squad and doing crimes as Mirror Master. Um, He is pulling double duty. Late nights, not getting a lot of sleep, which is unfortunate because during the Millennium event, he is forced alongside the Suicide Squad to battle against the Manhunters. If you're not familiar with the Manhunters, they were the first draft for the Guardians of Oa. Before they decided on the Green Lantern Corps, they were like, we're going to make an army of androids and send them out to be peacekeepers. And of course, because they are completely robotic and they run just on logic, they think, oh... Well, obviously, the problem is sentient life. We've got to wipe those out. 
And so during this Millennium event, the Manhunters attack. The, su- the Suicide Squad is way outgunned, but they're able to survive. Um, following this, Waller does end up catching uh, catching Digger while he is performing crimes as Mirror Master. Uh, she subsequently outs him, cuts his benefits, ab- just strips him of all of the benefits that he had gained, crashes his apartment, and brings him back into prison. Uh, during this time, he also clashes with Superboy alongside a new squad featuring uh, part-time and first-time inductee King Shark. More on that last week if you want to go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, during this run, he's also accidentally stranded in the 30th century during a battle between... Uh, the Flash and Zoom, as well as uh, Eobard Thawne, Wally West, Eobard Thawne, Hunter Zolomon, all in kind of a three-way battle. Uh, Captain Boomerang gets swept up during this time and deposited in the 30th century, not knowing what the hell is going on. Here he meets a, a woman named Melanie Thawne, who would later go on to be the mother of Bart Allen. The two share a brief affair before... Wally comes back and picks Captain Boomerang up and drops him back in the 21st century. More on that later. Uh, The squad would eventually disband, though Captain Boomerang was not too sad about it. He returned to Central City and just in time because Rogue Abracadabra, who is a real DC villain, was gathering former rogues to pull off a job. However, this job was a ruse as Abracadabra sacrificed Captain Boomerang and several other rogues to resurrect Neron, the god of death in the DC universe. Uh, This was a big old story that featured uh, Wally West and Linda Park teaming up to solve the problem for once. Uh, This would obviously become a running theme with them, but this was one of the first times that they did that. And uh, during this whole thing, Wally and Linda were able to resurrect uh, Boomer alongside the other rogues, and he immediately returns to crime! You give him a second chance at life, and he will immediately parlay that into uh, being a criminal. Uh, during this, you know, it's, you know, renewed crime spree. However, he, his good times would be cut short because while working on an exploding boomerang in his lab, it exploded. <laughs> he suffered burns all over his body after the mishap and was rushed to the hospital. But en route to the Keystone City Hospital, the ambulance was intercepted by a jokerized dead shot. This was, uh, not... A great story, but uh, it was important for the fact that Deadshot tracked down his old buddy, who he had seen completely burned to a crisp, and said, you know what, beef jerky man, I'm going to help you out. Deadshot injects Boomer with a new Joker serum that heals his wounds and empowers him, giving him enhanced strength, speed, and stamina. Using this, he heads to Iron Heights, where a big old battle is ensuing, and he battles the Flash. However, he is ultimately defeated. And this would be the last kind of significant thing he would do for a while. The next time we would check in would be years later, with an over-the-hill Digger Harkness having fallen out of fashion, as the modern era of supervillain has rendered him obsolete. He's no longer needed. He is a relic of a bygone time, with silly costumes and funny 
you know, funny gimmicks. He is, you know, the the new the 80s golden age wrestler heading into the 90s it's like whoa i don't belong here anymore i look like a fool and now overweight completely out of shape um facing the worst thing in the world criminal retirement digger decides i'm going to try to reconnect with my son and he seeks out his estranged son, Owen Mercer. He decides to bond with this young boy. Uh, young boy, he's, 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 he's as much of a young boy as Chris O'Donnell was in Batman Forever. Um, you know, that kind of like, oh, he's very clearly an adult, but everyone's treating him like he's a teenager. And so the two bond before uh, Digger gets a call for one last big job. All he has to do is kill Jack Drake, who you might know, listener, as the father of Tim Drake. That's right. It is identity crisis time. Um, Digger believes that he's going to get a big payday for killing this guy, so he heads to Jack Drake's home. However, he is betrayed by his client as they had already called Drake to let him know this was happening. And left him a gun to defend himself with. The two end up killing each other. It's a double KO where uh, two fathers end up losing their lives during the story. And Owen Mercer in the aftermath becomes the new Captain Boomerang. Now, Owen Mercer joins the rogues just in time for Rogue War, where Digger is temporarily revived by Agent James Jesse. We're not going to get into that. Don't worry about it. Who was a former trickster now working for the government. Uh, he is looking for info, but he is called away during the uh, resurrection process. So... <laughs> Digger Harkness, who is dead, wakes up. It's a reanimation spell. Very short time. He's got like maybe 60 seconds. He wakes up, and the only person in the room is Ashley Zolomon, the estranged wife of Hunter Zolomon, who is playing a big part in the Rogue War. And it's during this that Digger basically says, Look, I know I'm fucking dead. Tell Owen I love him, and do not tell and tell him not to tell any of the rogues his mother's name because they will kill him. Giving us a nice little cliffhanger, a nice mystery box for us to unpack later. Um, he would ultimately, of course, pass on and Owen would continue the boomerang legacy. He's kind of a tweener. You know, depending on the story that he would participate in, he would either be a villain or a hero. You could kind of pick and choose. Um, he would have like... On In one story, he would be teaming up with the rogues. In another story, he'd be, you know, reconnecting with Tim Drake. Great fucking story, by the way. Owen and Tim go to each other. Tim assumes he's like, oh, he's here to kill me. So we got a battle. And Owen's like, no, 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 no. I want to say I'm sorry for what my father did. And I hope you know that we're cool. And then in another story, he's teaming up with Supergirl, and they have a weird flirtatious thing, which is bad because Supergirl in, at this point is a minor, and Owen very specifically is not. Um, he continued down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out the um, the per the identity of his mother, and it was revealed 
that his mother was in fact Melanie Thawne, making him half-brother to Bart Allen, and it makes sense why the rogues would want to kill him, because the rogues fucking hate Eobard Thawne and anyone related to him. And seeing as how Melanie is, of course, depending on the continuity, either a descendant or an ancestor of Eobard Thawne, that's a problem. So, uh, Owen would make the jump to full-on anti-hero slash hero when he joined the Outsiders. Uh, the Outsiders would clash with the Rogues and the Suicide Squad. You know, I just realized this is why Malcolm likes Owen, because he's on the Outsiders, and he loves the Outside. I get it now. Damn you, Malcolm. Uh, but Owen would eventually hear of his half-brother's death, and upon learning the news of Bart Allen being killed by the rogues, accidentally I might add, he followed this up by hunting down Heat Wave and Weather Wizard. Owen would later go on to visit, in the aftermath of all this, his father's grave to try and, you know, get some guidance. However, at that exact moment, a black lantern ring whizzed by him. And Boomerang came back. A zombified Black Lantern digger dug himself out of his grave and immediately put himself in the menace position. He battled against Batman and Red Robin alongside the Drakes, which is just... Oh, it's terrible! And would later go on to battle against the Flash family and Deadman. He would eventually be captured by Owen and imprisoned in a little pit that he could not climb out of. And the two of them would have a conversation where Digger would be like, Hey, if you get me people to feed on, eventually after I feed on enough of them, I am going to return to life. That is what the ring is telling me. This is obviously a lie. Obviously a lie. But Owen's like, okay. And he goes and finds not just criminals, because, you know, he's such a good guy. He finds women. He finds children. And he just feeds them to his zombie father. Because he sucks. He is the worst. Eventually, Captain Cold and the other rogues discover this. And he finds Owen and Digger. And he realizes after seeing some of the bodies that Digger has been feasting on that Owen has broken the code. No kids, no women. And Cold pushes Owen into the pit where Digger would kill his son, feasting on him and ripping out his heart. However, this was not where Digger's story ends because... In the climax of the Black Lantern incident, its polar opposite would appear. The universe balancing itself, the White Lantern rings appeared, and one of these rings happened upon the finger of Digger Harkness, bringing Captain Boomerang back from the dead. He is the main captain once again, and he is given a task by the Entity. He doesn't know this immediately because he is just aghast by being alive again, being rejuvenated. He's no longer, you know, old and overweight. He is back to his physical prime. But unfortunately, because he is a, 
He's an average hand-to-hand combatant. He's immediately knocked out by the Flash and imprisoned in Iron Heights. Uh, He is visited shortly thereafter by Tim Drake, who's basically like, Hey, fuck you, dude. But also, I'm leaving you in the past. I don't need to be haunted by you anymore. Great, great scene. Go check it out. It's wonderful. It's during his imprisonment here where he is being um, looked over by Good Hair himself, Warden Wolf, that Digger realizes that the White Lantern Ring didn't just reanimate him, didn't just give him his life back. It also gave him a little something extra because he could now generate energy boomerangs. No longer does he have to be limited by the stock of boomerangs that he keeps in his coat, now he can generate any boomerang he wants. And he uses this energy ability to escape prison after being contacted by the rogues, who tell him, you gotta prove that you want to be on this team. You gotta break out of prison by yourself and find us. And immediately after escaping prison, he attacks the renegades, who happen to be there investigating the death of Mirror Monarch, a character who we are not going to talk about because it's it's more fun that way uh he is shortly thereafter contacted by the entity and given his instructions he doesn't have to do anything crazy he doesn't have to save the universe he doesn't have to you know make some monumental sacrifice all he has to do is what he does best and throw a boomerang and he has to throw this boomerang at dawn granger His powers begin to go on the fritz, however, and he makes it his mission to try and figure out why this is happening. And the only person who knows how to deal with reality-bending, warping bullshit is one Eobard Thawne. So, Boomerang breaks back into Iron Heights and frees Eobard, though this would become a costly mistake for everyone. Uh, He is shortly thereafter confronted by the rogues, who again, fucking hate Eobard Thawne, and they're like, what did you do? And, he, and Boomer is just like, I made a mistake, man. They're like, damn right. And they kick the shit out of him. They just stomp him into the ground. He ends up escaping from this beatdown and is contacted by the entity to finish his task, where he travels to Star City to throw said Boomerang at dawn. Hank Hall, the Failure that he is was meant to catch this boomerang, saving her life and becoming the avatar of life. However, Hank sucks, man. He fails to catch the boomerang and Dawn is killed by it. But again, that's not Boomer's problem. He did his job, so he is able to be freed from his contract with the entity. A new lease on life sands the energy abilities. He has to go back to using regular boomerangs, but that's what he does best, baby. Uh, however, he is confronted pretty soon by uh, Red Robin, who kicks his ass and sends him back to prison. Just in time for the new 52! In the company-wide reboot that reset the DC universe, uh, Captain Boomerang is once again recruited into the Suicide Squad, where he clashes with the Basilisk organization, set up to be kind of an homage to the big organization that the original Suicide Squad fought in the Ostrander run. 
Uh, during this battle against Basilisk, he pretends to betray the squad and side with Basilisk. However, it is revealed later on that he is a double agent working for Waller, and he is instrumental in bringing down that organization and marking the first huge win for the New 52 squad. Uh, this squad would end up clashing with the crime syndicate alongside a motley crew, including Power Girl, Deadshot, and Steel. They would ultimately be defeated by the overwhelming might, but would survive. Uh, following this, they would battle against the Birds of Prey alongside a new squad, including one reverse flash, not that one. It's in fact Daniel West, and he is there to witness the sacrifice that Daniel West makes when he sacrifices himself to save a busload of children. Now, Boomer continues going on missions for the squad into the Rebirth era, and one particular mission sends the squad to the Arctic to pick up an artifact that is being held there and is very hush-hush when it comes to details given by Waller. This artifact ends up being a Phantom Zone portal that immediately releases General Zod, who kills Boomer where he stands and begins terrorizing the squad as he makes his escape out into the world. However, somehow, it's never really expanded upon why this happens, uh, Boomer's consciousness the upon being killed, the exact moment that he is killed by Zod, his consciousness somehow transports into the Bell Rev systems the bell rev computer security systems and new squatter hack who is also a main player in the suicide squad kill the justice league game manages to find this ghost in the machine that is digger harkness and rematerializes him where boomer is immediately like oh yeah fuck zod and he goes after him fighting alongside the squad to defeat general zod uh, later on, the squad is betrayed by analyst Amelia Harcourt, who is working for an enemy organization, and Boomer would get revenge by killing her while being ordered to by Waller. Obviously, there was a certain sweetness for him, but of course it was a mission that he was sent on by Waller to kill her. Uh, this squad would battle against the Justice League. Uh, during the initial fight, he would fight against the Flash, and of course he loses because he sucks. However, following the initial clash, uh, him and the Flash would work together to battle against Johnny Sorrow and the original Suicide Squad. Because it's during this Justice League versus the Suicide Squad uh, story where it's revealed that Justice or that Task Force X is in fact Task Force 10. And Task Force 9 included some motley characters like Johnny Sorrow, Lobo, and Maxwell Lord. Now, uh, they would battle, they would team up with the Suicide Squad to battle against this original Suicide Squad, helping to defeat Maxwell Lord and Eclipso alongside Batman. He would be present for the Doomsday Clock and, and uh, Dark Knight's Metal crises, though he didn't really do anything besides go like, holy shit, look at all the shit that's happening in the sky. Uh, during Death Metal, however, the sequel to uh, Dark Knight's Metal, he would be transformed into a mutant and eaten by a giant hyena. 
that story sure did happen. Uh, thankfully, he would be resurrected during the multiversal restart at the conclusion of uh, Death Metal, where Wonder Woman would reset the multiverse, bringing us to the infinite frontier. Very quickly, though, upon getting this new lease on life, he would return to a life of crime, because that's what he does, where he would be caught and taken into custody by the Department of Extranormal Operations, a.k.a. the D.E.O. Uh, this would be a very short-lived story where he would be turned back into his mutant form by Director Bones before being cured of his condition and released back into the public. He was recruited into Rick Flagg's new Suicide Squad to oppose Amanda Waller and her Suicide Squad. He would fight against Nightwing and Starfire before uh, Rick Flagg would achieve a ceasefire the squad basically snuck into Titan's Tower, which at this point had become Titan's Academy. Long story. Don't worry about it. And Rick Flagg's new squad was seeking allies to battle against Amanda Waller because she had decided to take her new squad and conquer Earth-3. Now, uh, the new Suicide Squad, headed up by Rick Flagg, would join up with the Titans to battle against... Uh, Amanda Waller and her new Suicide Squad, as well as the Crime Syndicate, which means it's time for a rematch, baby! Of course, Captain Boomerang would get his shit rocks because that's what he does, but they would escape with their lives. They return to Earth-Zero, leaving Earth-3 under the control of Waller, knowing that it's a lost cause and deciding to live to fight another day. Boomerang would leave the squad and return to the rogues. However, he would very quickly be defeated by a team-up between Flash and Aquaman during the Void Song story. Great book. Check it out. Uh, after this, he would decide, you know what? Fuck America. And he would go back to Australia. Take a little sabbatical, return home, get in touch with his roots, where he would end up clashing with the Weaver Clan. It's during this confrontation where he is approached by the new Kid Flash, Wallace West, for info on the Reverse Flash, Daniel West, who Wallace reveals to be his father. After defeating the Weaver Clan alongside both Flash and Kid Flash, um... Boomer would reveal the sacrifice that Daniel made and let KF know that his father died a hero. After this, he would continue on being a little dirtbag, roaming around Australia, and during one uh, particular sojourn into a bar and getting absolutely shit-faced, he drunkenly reveals the existence of Task Force X. And immediately upon him uttering the words, Task Force X... Waller and her former team are notified, and the government sends a squad in to take him out. Uh, Digger ends up wiping them out, and I love this scene because they're, you know, the, the people in charge are talking to the government and basically saying, like, you sent in a squad of normies to take out Captain Boomerang? And the scene that ensues is him just wiping them out in this bar before he goes on the run. And it's during this time where he is revealed to be the origin point for a new group on the scene known as the Revolutionaries. That's right, it's bad blood time, baby! I love this run. It's my favorite Suicide Squad run. It's incredible. Go read it. 
Uh, but we find out that Osita, the de facto leader of the revolutionaries, kicked this whole thing off because she and her partner, I believe it was her, it might have been her wife. Either way, uh, the two of them were super soldiers who were experimented on and sent into a very particular mission in Karak. Does that sound familiar? You know, where Captain Boomerang allowed a teammate to die? Interesting, that! Um, and because of this, uh, during the ensuing battle, as a stray friendly fire, Osita's partner would be killed by a stray Boomerang. And so she would vow revenge on Boomerang in the years to come. Uh, the revolutionaries were sent... At this point, they are under the thumb of Locke and the U.S. government as part of the Suicide Squad. But they are sent after Boomerang, who has a confrontation with them in a junkyard. It's incredible. He puts up a great fight, but he is eventually defeated and apprehended by the new squad. However, it's all a ruse because he ends up helping the revolutionaries to overthrow the new management and escape. Uh, he teams up with a flash to get the revolutionaries to safety because they are on the run from the government and he is taken in and getting and gets his shit absolutely rocked by Deathstroke who had been hired by the government to take the revolutionaries out he makes a last stand at the alamo to make sure that they are able to escape and get stopped literally and figuratively by slade wilson he is arrested however he is released from custody by the flash of all people who brings him back to kurumbura and tells him you've got the makings of a hero you didn't have to help those people i to be honest, didn't know you had that in you. I haven't been reading your Suicide Squad stuff. But you have a chance to turn over a new leaf. Get a new lease on life. Don't waste it. Flash runs off. And Boomer contemplates retirement. You know, a simple life. A quiet life. And then he gets a text. <laughs> from Captain Cold saying, hey, heard you, uh faced off with Deathstroke and lived. We got a job. Do you want in? And Boomer immediately goes back to crime! Uh, eventually, he is uh, confronted by a revived Amelia Harcourt who kicks his ass and leaves him for dead where he is found by a returning Amanda Waller who has, I guess, grown bored of Earth-3. And decided to, you know, up the difficulty for her. So she brings him back into the squad alongside uh, new members Vixen and Deadeye, who is Waller's nephew. And who I think stands a not insignificant chance of being the new identity of this new Deadshot. I know that Floyd Lawton is the Deadshot that we uh, are going to be playing as in Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. But this character, Deadeye, come on, same gimmick, very similar outfit, nephew to Amanda Waller. I mean, the connections are there, I'm just saying. But so this squad of three is sent to Amnesty Bay to sabotage, well, they're sent there on paper to cure Black Manta of his condition because this is during the current Titans Beast War event that is going on right now as of this recording. And Boomer gets a secret mission where Waller's like, hey, 
make sure this fucking mission fails. Sabotage this as much as you can. And Boomer does just that. However, because he's a screw-up, he doesn't uh, stop Vixen and Deadeye from curing Black Manta. However, he does get wind of Deadeye accruing allies because he wants to overthrow Aunt Amanda. And he is able to parlay this information, reporting back to Waller about it, to get some time off his sentence and maybe even a coffee maker in his cell. Which brings you up to speed to where Captain Boomerang is today. He has had quite the run from 1960 all the way up to, at least as of this recording, 2024. Hello, future people. And... We're just getting started, man. We're just getting started. But that is where he is currently, back in the throes of the Suicide Squad. You can't keep a good boomerang down. And he is going to continue on being an absolute menace in the DC Universe. Now, for some recommended reading for Captain Boomerang, uh, Legends and Trial by Fire, I talked about in uh, the Deadshot episode, Legends, obviously, uh, issues one through six of the 1986 series, written by John Ostrander and Len Wein, with art by John Byrne, uh, Birth of Task Force X, which leads directly into the original uh, 1987 Suicide Squad run, issues one through 66, written by John Ostrander, with Luke McDonald on art. This is all Digger on the squad, doing his thing. I'd also recommend Brightest Day. This is the this is collected as the Flash, the Dastardly Death of the Rogues. Uh, this is the 2010 Flash series, issues 1 through 7, written by Jeff Johns with art by Francis Manipole. This is the resurrection of Digger Harkness. I love this story because not only it's playing with a couple different things. There's a murder mystery, time travel, and Digger Harkness being Digger Harkness. What more could you ask for? I'd also recommend Hard to Kill, which is an interesting choice because it's a Suicide Squad book. And most of his Suicide Squad books are, let's be honest, not great. But this run, the Rebirth run in 2016, issues 1 through 50, written by Rob Williams with art by Jim Lee, Barnaby Bagenda of Omega Men fame, as well as many others, is his most recent big run. The unfortunate thing about Captain Boomerang is he hasn't really had a solo run. DC, here, come here, come here. Over to the side. DC, come here. I would love to write a Captain Boomerang story. You just you, you just give me give me six issues. I mean, I'd love a maxi, but give me six issues. I could write a really good Captain Boomerang story. In fact, I kind of already did, but more on that in a second. Um, most of his appearances are uh, either very brief or as if he makes a long-standing run, it's as part of a team. So, Hard to Kill, the 2016 Suicide Squad run, is his most recent one. This deals with Zod, deals with all of his other dealings in the squad post the Rebirth era. Would recommend. It is an underrated Suicide Squad book. Uh, but, as I said before, most of his appearances happen in little one-shots or two-parters. So, listing some of those for you. Uh, the Flash from 1959, issue 117, written by John Broom with art by Carmine Infantino. This is his first appearance. Obviously, it has the story where he's like, No! These are my parents! That Captain Boomerang's an imposter! 
just read it. It's incredible. I love it so much. Um, I would also recommend The Flash, twenty six, the 2016 Rebirth uh, series, issues 18 and 19. This is uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jesus Marino. This is, as I said before, the story where um, Kid Flash seeks him out for information to try and suss out what happened to his father. Great stuff. He goes against the Weaver clan. Art is incredible. Love this. Uh, also, Suicide Squad, Bad Blood, issues four and five specifically, uh, written by Tom Taylor, Arpe Bruno Redondo. This is where he pops up. This is where he wipes out that squad that's sent after him and helps the new squad to escape from the clutches of Locke and the U.S. government, which leads directly into his appearance in The Flash uh, Annual Number 3 from that Rebirth run, uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Steven Segovia, uh, Brandon Peterson, and Carlo Pagulian. I recommend this because not only is it an issue that focuses a lot on Digger, but if you read issues four and five of that Suicide Squad run by Taylor and Redondo and then read issue six, Boomer's just gone. He just disappears. And so um, you have to read Annual 3 after uh, Suicide Squad 4 and 5 to get the end. It's a little trilogy of boomerang-focused issues. And I'd also recommend not a... uh, Not really a comic per se, but the Justice League episode Task Force X, Season 2, Episode 4, uh, by Darren Cook and Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, this is the Suicide Squad episode. They could have made an entire show about this. In fact, they should have made a spinoff for this with these characters. But we get to see him shine, we get to see him as part of this team, and I think it's a wonderful little episode. My honorable mention is... Of course, Boomer's Big Score, my pitch that I did on this podcast. I did a full pitch for a Boomerang solo story, whether it be a movie, whether it be maybe a comic book, who knows. Um, Boomer's Big Score is my my crowning achievement. It's one of my favorite pitches I've ever done for the podcast, and I would beseech you, please, go seek it out. Check it out. Listen to it. It's incredible. I had a fun time with it. The soundtrack slaps. But that does it for the character bio on George Digger Harkness, a.k.a. Captain Boomerang. I have waited for so many years to talk about this character in depth. I hope you enjoyed going on this ride with me. Like I said, Digger is one of the most fascinating characters in the DC universe and has been literally everywhere. That song, I've been everywhere, man, that's him. Except, obviously, with an Aussie twang instead of a Southern twang. And if I know anything about Digger, no matter what happens to him, you can kill him off in the Suicide Squad movie. I'll never forgive you, James Gunn, but I forgive you a little bit. Get gun on Geeksplained. Um, No matter what you do to him, whether you kill him, whether you strand him on a deserted island, whether you... uh, you know, shoot him through the chest, whether you blow up the bomb in his head, whether you strand him in another dimension. You can't keep Digger Harkness down because just like every single piece of equipment that he carries on him, boomerangs always come.
And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is the first time you joined us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every Wednesday, usually, and honestly, ratings subscriptions and reviews really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you yes you and if you give us a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts itunes whatever you want to call it i will read your review here on the podcast you can make me say whatever you want you can even make me say it in an aussie accent if you so please As long as you give me those five stars, the sky's the limit on what you can write. And you'll be able to join the likes of our Terrific 21. I want to say a huge thank you to those fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you'd like to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Just put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read here on the Wednesday show. If you'd like to get... uh, First notification for announcements made on the show. If you want to keep up with the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, or maybe you just want to tell me how great Captain Boomerang is, feel free to follow us at Geeksplained Pod. That's at Geeksplained P-O-D on Instagram and Twitter. That is going to be the place to do it as I continue to try to get better at Instagram. And for as long as Twitter, I'm not calling it X, is around for. And finally, we have the Geeksplained Book Club where every single Friday, usually, uh, my good brothers, uh, Malcolm Russell Nelson, Jacob Brown, and I go through a full run of a comic book series. We are on break right now. Uh, We just finished covering the entire lead-up into Jonathan Hickman's new vision for the Ultimate Universe. We covered the Ultimate Invasion four-issue miniseries. We covered uh, Ultimate Universe number one. And last week, we covered Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Love those conversations. I hope you listen to them. I hope you enjoy them. Uh, The book club is going on a brief hiatus, as is this podcast. More on that in a second for February, but we will be diving back in on March. Uh, We're going to be continuing with season five of the book club in the first week of March. I can't believe we've made it this far. I can't believe you keep letting us talk about comics as we do every single Friday. Uh, It's always a pleasure. Uh, We will be off, of course, in February, but that gives you time to catch up on the previous four seasons. We covered Invincible in Season 1. We covered Ultimate Spider-Man in Season 2. Season 3 featured coverage of the Grant Morrison Batman run. And Season 4 was our Brave and the Bold season, where we covered the rebirth eras of The Flash and Green Arrow. And in our Flash coverage in the first half of Season 4, we do cover those Captain Boomerang appearances. So if you're itching for more Boomerang content, that would be the place to do it. And in March, I'm pretty sure by now we've announced this. If not, surprise, we are going to be kicking off our coverage of Brian Michael Bendis's New Avengers. I have never read this series in full, and so I am very excited to spend the rest of 2024 uh, figuring out what the hell was going on in Avengers books in the mid-2000s. So that is going to kick off uh, in March. I'll pull up the exact date for you because I'm nice like that. March 1st! The very first day of March, in fact. So March 1st will be the first volume of Geeksplain Book Club Season 5, Brian Michael Bendis' new Avengers. I'm very excited to cover that. But as I mentioned before, uh, 
this is it for January. This is it for a little bit when it comes to the Geek Explained podcast. I talked about it during our uh, end of year celebration where I, you know, talked about my favorite comics, films, TV, and video games of 2023. But the podcast is going to be ending. At least the Wednesday podcast is going to be ending this year with episode 300. Um, if you, I'm, I'm not going to rehash what I said in that episode, so if you want more info on that, go back and check out that episode. I had a ton of fun, and I saved all the emotional stuff at the end, thankfully. But um, there are a lot of things in the works for the podcast itself as we head into our final 15 episodes of the Wednesday show. But for the month of February, we are going to be off. This is the last episode of the Wednesday podcast for a little while because next month in February, I'm getting married. <laughs> I am getting married to my fiance, Sammy, um, who uh, actually guested on the podcast last year when we did our Valentine's Day special. Uh, go check that out. We talked about season one of Wednesday, had a blast recording with her. Um, but next month is going to be too crazy for me to be doing both the uh, both the podcast, my day job, voiceover stuff, acting stuff, and planning a wedding. So February is going to be kind of a dark month for the podcast. Not because it's, oh, it's dark and gritty, but because we're turning the lights off for a little bit. We're going to be... On vacation for, I guess, the month. Uh, no book club, no Wednesday podcast in February, but we will be right back here in March. And specifically for the Wednesday show, I can tell you that we will be back on the 13th of March celebrating our six-year anniversary. I'm very excited to celebrate not just our six-year anniversary, but also episode 285. Uh, more info on that later. More info on how the episodes are going to be spread out through the year for the final 15 episodes of the podcast later. Uh, stay tuned to our social media as well as that episode on the 13th where I will we'll hopefully have my ducks in a row and be able to give you a full schedule for the rest of the Wednesday show. But for now, this has been a blast. I hope you, I really do hope you've enjoyed these specials. I set out for January to go a little bit... Um, not low effort, but <laughs> a little bit low stress on me uh, putting a podcast putting a podcast together is a lot of work. And so having these episodes just be straight up character files where I geek explain a character each week has been really nice. It's been refreshing for me and I hope you've enjoyed the episodes as well. Of course, I am excited because as we are talking, as you are listening to this, as of the release of this episode, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League comes out in two days or sooner if you are... Uh getting that deluxe edition and again maybe i did maybe i didn't who knows i haven't decided yet as of this recording so um i am very excited to play this game i'm excited to play as digger i'm excited to see where the squad goes they're going up against the justice league and as we've seen in the comics that is no easy task so i hope you all enjoyed this run-up where we talked about the four main characters of the suicide squad alongside echo again cannot stress enough how excited I am that that character is getting some spotlight. The show was incredible. I, I I really dug it. I know it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but for it being just five episodes, you know, doing the old school Netflix drop, dropping them all together, I thought it was a really great show that spotlighted 
not just Maya, but of course brought back, you know, the big heavy hitters, Daredevil and Kingpin. But it being a true Maya story, I thought was amazing. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the character files this month. Um, I love doing them. I love diving into characters and geek explaining them, especially characters that I love, which I don't know if you could tell uh, was the case for this episode specifically. And I will, um, I, I guess I'll see you in March. I hope you've enjoyed this. I really do appreciate y'all listening. Um, this podcast has been such a big part of my life for a very long time now. And I, you know, I, I don't take you listening to me every week for granted. I hope you know that. It means a lot to me that you do. And this next month, where we won't be releasing any episodes, it will be a perfect time for you to catch up on episodes you might have missed or going back in the archives a little bit further. I know we've had a lot of people jump on in the last year or two. So go back and check out some of the earlier episodes. Uh, a lot of the very early episodes, don't go listen to those. Don't listen to those. I hadn't figured out the format yet. The audio quality is garbage. Don't listen to those. But um, I've recorded some of my favorite episodes ever on the podcast uh, over the last few years. So if you've missed any of them, go back, spend February checking them out. Go back in the Geek Explain book club, check out our first four seasons. We've absolutely loved doing them. And I just want people to know that we enjoy talking about these things. Uh, talking about comics in any space, whether it be in the podcast community, on YouTube, as some of my friends do, and especially on social media, can be a minefield. But having you know, a place to, you know, spread some positivity. I know I can be a negative guy sometimes and I apologize for that. I won't apologize for being honest, but I apologize for being negative. Um, having a place where you can, you know, kind of feel safe to just kind of gush about comic books has always been really important to me. And that's what I've wanted to make this podcast about. So I hope that it has proved to be something like that for you specifically. Yes, you. But I guess that is that is it. So as we're looking at the next stage, the final stage for the Wednesday show, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has listened up to this point. And I am very excited to kick things back into gear in March. But um, for now, I'm going to go get married, gang. So wish me luck. I hope it goes well. <laughs> I hope it goes well. Uh, we'll find out. I'll give you the full status report when we uh, when we come back in March. But I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. This has been incredible. Uh, everybody, just stay safe. 2024, we don't know what's going on yet. The year hasn't really made its theme known to us as of this recording. So we'll see what happens. But um, I hope this year for you is filled with knowledge love, laughter, and all of the other things that you can put on motivational posters. But uh, for now, I guess I'll see y'all in March. And for the Geek Explain podcast, I've been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Seriously, thank you. We will see you on March 13th for episode 285, our six-year anniversary. Take care, and we'll see you real soon. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy!